0: We are recording.
1: All right. Take one. Welcome to Social Fish Insane, a production of Coastal Roots Radio at the University of Guelph. This is our continuing coverage of the impacts of COVID-19 on coastal fisheries and fishing communities. Hello, I'm your co-host, Hannah Harrison. I'm joined by
2: Emily D'Souza.
0: And I'm Philip Loring. If you're new to Coastal Roots, we are an international collaboration of communities, scholars, activists, and others who are interested in supporting the health, resilience, and sustainability of coastal communities around the world.
1: For just under a year, we've been using this podcast to cover how the COVID-19 pandemic has been impacting small-scale fisheries, particularly those that do direct-to-consumer sales around North America. And let us be the very first to say, making this podcast has truly been a silver lining to this pandemic.
0: Over the course of the past year, we've done over 120 interviews with dozens of people from around the world. We've talked with fishermen and women, aquaculturists, fisheries researchers, restaurateurs, seafood marketers and retailers, and just about every other role you can think of in the seafood world. We've heard many stories, some uplifting, some heartbreaking, but all offering insight into the many ways that the seafood industry and small-scale fisheries have been impacted by COVID-19.
2: In the time we've been making this podcast, one of the questions we hear most from other researchers, podcasters, and science communicators is, how do you do it? And it's a fair question. While podcasts have taken off in a big way in the entertainment and news world, podcasts as a way of talking about and even conducting research is still somewhat new. So today we're going to take a little break from fisheries and take you through how we make this podcast step-by-step.
1: So let's start from the beginning. Each podcast episode starts with an interview. Uh, Today is October 7th already, uh, and it is just after 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I am here with Emma. We took this approach for a couple of reasons. One, because we are, in part, a qualitative research team, meaning that we usually conduct interviews as part of our data collection during regular research projects. So this was already comfortable territory for us. Our second reason was that prior to COVID-19, we had planned to conduct a large study through our partner, the Local Catch Network. That study would have included traveling to fisheries all over North America to interview seafood harvesters about that work. With travel obviously out of the question, we turned to virtual interviews. And very luckily for us, the rest of the world was doing the same thing.
2: At first, we reached out through our personal connections to ask fishermen how their various fisheries were being impacted by the pandemic. We started social efficiency with some basic reporting on what we were hearing and where. But after those first few interviews, we compared notes within our team and found that very similar themes were emerging. From there, we decided to start grouping interviews together based on major themes or geographic locations, such as resilience or the Great Lakes. As we went, our list of themes and places to cover kept growing.
0: Great interviews are usually composed of great stories, And especially early on in the pandemic, we were hearing some really great and sometimes emotional stories. One of the powerful things about the human voice is how effectively we can transmit emotion and transmit an idea to the listener. We knew we wanted to share the power behind the stories we were hearing. So we decided early on to dedicate most of each episode to the voices of our guests.
1: So with the stories and themes picked out, it was time to write a script. We actually write one for every episode, and what you hear in the episode is almost a word-for-word reading of that prepared script, including this. It definitely took some practice to avoid sounding like we were just reading aloud, and to get comfortable with our radio voices.
2: For the most part, we record this podcast every other week on Friday mornings. We meet on Zoom at 9am sharp to do an out loud run-through of the script. This is where we fix mistakes and reword things that were easier to write than they were to say. It usually sounds something like this.
1: But this year... Uh, I don't like that. For Tracy, though, this year still remains full of challenges.
2: We also balance the levels of our very different sounds and shake the cobwebs out of our voices before we actually record.
1: All right. So let's talk about gain here for a sec. How's that?
0: Go, maybe go through your range. How loud will you get?
1: Welcome to Social Fished Insane, a, a production of, okay. I oh, will just do this. Welcome to Social Fish Insane, a production of Coastal Roots Radio at the University
0: of Guelph. That's better. It, with it a little bit higher, it, it gives you more of that, the low range. Uh, uh, try which this. Sort of, How's that sound? That sounds more like your, your normal podcast voice right there.
1: All right. Oil and honey. <laughs> Not swallowing words. <laughs> All right. Smiling faces.
0: Then the recorder goes on. But even with a practice run, things don't always go smoothly. Sometimes there are lags.
2: A production of Coastal Roots Radio, University of Guelph.
0: One more time.
1: Sometimes we don't quite nail the audio and we have to do a second take. Do you want to try that one again? There was a lot of popped peas in there. (laughs) Yeah,
2: okay, one second. Sometimes we add them a little bit.
0: Oops, sorry, I'm going to record something here that I may or not put in um, before okay. you do the next thing, and that's to say, I can't imagine having had lobster for lunch when I was in school. That would have been delightful. <laughs>
2: that's good. I think I said that in our interview as well. I was like, I want to go to the school.
0: And sometimes we just mess up. We also read research- Frick.
2: Coastal Roots Radio is funded by the social, Ooh.
0: Together, all of the, Frick. The aqua industry, the
2: Fresh fish, Oof
1: A for-profit, community-supported, nope. A for-profit, community-seaf, nope.
0: There's nothing worse than seeing lobster go to waste because a truck or there's nothing. I'm going to say this whole thing over.
1: Oh, my God. And we, no, what is happening right now, for the love of God?
0: Okay, it'll be a Frankenstein, but I'm almost certain (laughs) that I can put that (laughs) paragraph together with words from each of them.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. As you can see, the finished product you hear on the air takes a bit of polishing. So that's where the production side comes in. Bill uses an editing program called Hindenburg to splice together all of the different clips from interviews, host narration, and the music we select for each episode.
0: To do this, you need to be someone who likes to tinker with details, to listen to clips over and over, play with timing, all while thinking about crafting the best version of the story you are trying to tell. I have to say, when I first started doing this, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it, but I really do. On the technical side, I create a new project for each episode that has a separate track for each voice you hear, plus a track for music, for sound effects and ambiance, and a clipboard track. I use some filters on the audio, but sparingly. We did invest in some that can handle echo and reverb in recordings done with bad mics or where there's a lot of background noise. Now, there's a lot of minor editing too. I will often change the order that people say things without putting words in their mouth, of course. And there is a delicate balance when it comes to taking out pauses, breaths, and ums. You want to take some of that out to help with flow, but if you take out too much, you lose the humanity and emotion that you can often feel in between the words. And it's funny, after a while you can recognize a variety of speaking ticks in the waveforms by sight. Now, the soundtrack is also key. Finding the right music, figuring out the pacing for when to bring in some music transitions, Deciding how long to let it play in the intro and outro, all of this has to reflect the pacing and the mood of the story. We get the vast majority of our music from the Free Music Archive online, where we look for tracks that are available for remixing and non-commercial use. In the last few episodes, I've also allowed myself to have some fun with a sound effect here and there, which I find if done right and sparingly, adds a bit of subtle flourish.
2: Once we have a finished draft, we upload the episode to our SoundCloud account and distribute it back to our team. We all listen and take notes on any sound balancing problems, whether the storyline is clear, and if there are any mistakes from the editing process. We make corrections to the episode track, then upload a final draft and schedule it for release. Our last step is to write a track description featuring the names and contact information of our guests, then share the episode on social media platforms once it goes live.
1: Making this podcast has presented many opportunities and a few challenges. From a research point of view, I think we've all been a little surprised at how similar making a podcast is to the process of analyzing qualitative data like an interview. Normally, we could code interview data for themes using qualitative analysis software. Instead, we listen and select timestamps of our guests talking about those specific themes. And instead of collecting interview data for weeks or months and then painstakingly analyzing it and then spending weeks writing up our manuscript, We get to engage with that data and share it with listeners nearly right away, which I personally find to be a really rewarding experience.
0: The storytelling focus we've used in this podcast has helped us keep on track and avoid drowning our listeners in long-winded explanations, though we don't hold back with the puns.
2: Of course, there have also been challenges. Making this podcast is very time-consuming. Between interviewing, writing scripts, and pulling timestamps, recording and producing the finished track, each episode takes between 8 and 16 hours to make. We're really fortunate that the project funding we have in place specifically allows for knowledge mobilization projects like this and helps justify that use of time.
1: So, what's next for Social Fish Well, we have a few more episodes in the docket, including one about how you should choose the seafood you eat. But around the one-year mark, we will wrap this first season of Coastal Roots Radio and hand the reins over to the Coastal Roots team on Canada's Atlantic coast, They have a great second season planned that will focus on stories of resilience and innovation in coastal communities from Eastern Canada. But don't worry, you'll be hearing from myself, Emily, and Phil again in occasional short series throughout 2021.
0: If you're interested in learning more about podcasting as a scholarly tool, check out the work being done by Dr. Hannah McGregor on Peer Review for Podcasting. We'll drop links to her work in the episode description. And stay tuned for more on podcasting as a method coming in 2021 from the Conservation of Change Lab.
2: We want to wrap up by thanking everyone who has taken part in this podcast, whether by interviewing with us, listening to the podcast, or sharing new episodes. We couldn't do this without you.
1: Thanks for joining us. Social Scene is a production of Coastal Roots Radio at the University of Guelph we will be bringing you the voices and stories of small-scale fishermen and women from around North America and beyond until April of 2021. These interviews and episodes are being recorded week to week, and we aim to bring you a new one every other Tuesday. To
0: connect with us, visit us on the Coastal Roots website at www.coastalroots.org. If you'd like to share your story with us, collaborate, or if you have questions about this podcast, send an email to stories at coastalroots.org.
2: Coastal Roots Radio is funded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada, the Errol Food Institute at the University of Guelph, and the MEOPAR Network. We also receive support from the American Anthropological Association and the local cash network.
0: A special thanks this week to Voice Ed Radio Canada, who's also sharing our podcast with the world. You're listening to Mockingbird by David Mumford, available for free on the Free Music Archive. Some of our sound effects today were provided by Inspector J, available for free at freesound.org. See you next time.